right, guys. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Uh, man, I am uh, so encouraged uh, by just what God's doing here. And uh, so, for, first of all, my name is Wes Butler, and I'm the director of Children and Family Ministry here at Watermark. I was uh, kind of here in the back last week, and Braun wouldn't let me have a microphone, and so this week I, I just stole it from him. And so I get to come and talk with you guys for just a little bit and just welcome you and, and listen, just thank you for, for being here. I, I love... Um, just getting the chance to gather together as men and as dads and to uh, really, hopefully what you are going to hear all five of the weeks that we're together is just this, that none of us have this thing figured out. We are all fellow strugglers in this journey, and yet uh, Philippians 1.6 is still true for us, that the one who began this good work in us is faithful to complete it, and that the part of that completion process is this uh, crazy adventure called parenting. And so, uh, you know, I think if we just said, hey, let's all stand up if we've ever lost it with our kids, we just have a massive standing ovation for me right now. And hey, let's all stand up if we've ever felt overwhelmed and wondered what in the world we're going to do with our kids. We'd all just kind of stand up and stay standing the whole time. And so that's who is in this room. That's who's on this stage. And, uh, and so we get to come together and then just be reminded that we don't have to do this alone um, and that God's spirit uh, has been given to us to empower us to do this thing that we have been employed to do. And so as I just think about our family ministry here at Watermark, that really is uh, some of our charge is just to realize, hey, God has already employed you to do this. If you have children, you've uh, had a call placed on your life to be a dad and God has empowered you, it says in Second Peter 1 that he has given you everything that you need for life and godliness. And part of life and godliness is fatherhood. And so he has empowered you with the strength that you need uh, to do this. And so that, that's what we're here to be reminded of uh, today. So uh, a couple of things, and then I'll introduce Braun and get him up here uh, to share with us this morning. So uh, first of all, the book uh, issue, hopefully that has resolved itself. If you find that you uh, uh, have other problems with your book, please let me know so we can get our printer to fix those and uh, get those to you. But that should be done. Uh, tables uh, are basically full. And so I know I had a number of emails this week. Hey, can I still come? Or can I invite my friends? Can I? And so the answer is sure. Come on. I just don't know where I'm going to put you. Okay. And, uh, and so if you have some open spots at your table, there's some guys that may wander in here in a minute that are going to be in the back. And so if you need a spot to sit and be able to talk once we break into discussion, just find an empty chair uh, and hang out there with um, uh, some of these leaders and, uh, and just partake in that discussion time. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I think that's it. So I'd love just to pray for us. And then, uh, you guys get to hear from, uh, Braun Brown. What I, what I try to do with this class, uh, is just to, uh, set in front of you some of the guys that I like to listen to and like to just dialogue with about parenting and fatherhood. And so, uh, just as Braun and I have gotten to work together over the last decade, uh, and, uh, even more so, uh, closely the last probably five years or so, He's just one of those guys I like being in a room and listen to him talk about the way that he's shepherding his boys and that we can uh, just kind of talk through um, what his strategies are and what he's thinking and what his struggles are. And so that I just wanted to share some of my friends with you is really uh, all that we're trying to do uh, these uh, five weeks. And so you get to hear from Braun this week. John Cox is going to come uh, next week and share with us. You do have to listen to me for one week. Sorry about that. And then uh, Todd is going to be with us for the last week. And so uh, I, I I just want you to hear from guys that have encouraged me. And so Braun is one of those that encourages me on a regular basis 
with just the way he's being intentional uh, to shepherd and disciple his boys. And so I'm, in, I'm excited for you to get to hear from him. So let me pray for us, and, uh, and then we'll dive into this morning. So, Father, thank you uh, for these men. Thank you, God, for just a room full of uh, men who are seeking to be the fathers that you have called them to be. And I pray, Lord, that this morning as we gather, as we uh, listen, as we uh, talk together at our tables, as we open up your word, God, that your spirit would just speak to us, that you would remind us of what is true, that you would um, remind us that your grace is sufficient for us and all of our failures. Lord, there's not one of us in this room that um, has not messed up in this area of parenting and of fatherhood. And yet, God, you are there and uh, your grace is sufficient, and you, you cover a multitude of parenting mistakes um, just by your love and by your grace, and so we're thankful for that, and yet, God, you've called us to continue to grow, and, um, and uh, Lord, just to allow your spirit to complete this work in us of making us more like Jesus, and so we pray that you would use this time uh, that we have together this morning to accomplish those purposes. Pray for Braun as he speaks, God, that you would just give him the right words to say, and, uh, and then, Lord, that as we leave this place, we'll just be um, uh, more equipped, uh, more encouraged, uh, and ready to go uh, in uh, this overwhelming task at times of fatherhood and yet one of the greatest gifts that you've given to us. We thank you for our children and we thank you that they are a gift from you. And so Lord, help us to be reminded of that even this morning, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So it was my sophomore year of high school. I told you guys a little bit about my college illustrious basketball career of sitting the bench and uh, watching good players play. And uh, in high school, you know, I had to set the stage for in high school. I was a sophomore and I'm on the free throw lane and the other team's shooting a free throw and I was in the JV game and I played JV and varsity. And the varsity uh, time, when I played JV, I was like, I got to save my strength for those varsity three or four minutes I'm going to get, those three or four quality minutes. And I, I remember being on the lane and I was doing, at that time, uh, I'm really old, and so I remember Michael Jordan was the guy, and, and he used to always stand like this in the lane and kind of pull his shorts like this, and so I was emulating, I was going to be like Mike, and I was sitting there, uh, and the guy, their team was shooting a free throw, and I was kind of zoning out, thinking about those varsity minutes again, and the ball goes up, and I dart out around my guy, and I go in, and I see the ball coming off the right side of the rim, and I jump up, and I grab it, and I pull it down, I remember the rim was about ear level, if I remember right, and that's the way I remember it, and I, I grab this rebound, and I go, I'm going to score this thing, and so right, all of a sudden, I go right up, and I score, because I didn't miss around the basket very often, the only problem was, it was the other team's goal, right in the middle of the JV game, okay, the good thing about JV games, if you've been to them, there's about 10 people that come to the JV game, and, uh, but those 10 were going, no, like that, and everything kind of slowed down, I'm releasing the ball, and I'm going, oh, crud, it's the wrong goal, kind of thing, and, and so what I want you to think about as dads is, I wonder if that's us, is that we've got the wrong goals, we're shooting at the wrong goal, and there's a lot of pressure on us as dads, and maybe it's self-imposed, but it's pressure what we want our boys or our girls to be, we want them to be really smart. We want them to be great athletes. We want them to be really popular. Maybe we're reliving some of those things through them. Maybe we want to rewrite the story that we didn't have. And so our goals are, are the wrong ones. Or maybe we're not even in the game. Maybe we don't have any goals at all. 
Maybe you're like me sometimes, and I just go, man, being a dad, like Wes mentioned, is overwhelming. I don't want to deal with it this week. You ever been on that drive home, and you're going, oh, man, I wonder what it's going to be. Lord, I pray there's no big drama tonight at the house. I remember I used to pray that way, and now I'm like, Lord, I know there's going to be something. That's the way I pray now. So would you just help me to be ready for whatever that is? And so we might have the wrong goal or no goals at all. Maybe we're like, uh, if we think about our kids as arrows, like the scripture says, and we're shooting those arrows, hopefully towards the target of Christ. And with us, we don't really have a goal. We're shooting the arrow and we go wherever it lands. Well, yeah, that's what I meant to do. And then we're drawing a target around where the arrow lands. And so I get convicted when I think about that. And so this morning, what we're going to talk about is leading your family. And this is one thing. When I, I don't sit around and go, man, I'm a man. I, get, I go, oh, I'm a man. God has given me a huge responsibility. And not just a responsibility, but here's what I want to change your thinking this morning. I want you to think this is an incredible opportunity for you to influence your kids and to be the dad that God wants you to be. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like uh, this morning. First thing I want you to hear is in order to lead well, you have to lead yourself. And this is one that we, we talk about, and, and, uh, but here's what I find with a lot of dads. And if you don't know what I do here, I've, for the last 15 years, I've been the director of student ministries at Watermark. And so I get some up-close looks at families, and I also get some up-close looks at my own struggles as a parent. But uh, I want to read this scripture to you in, in 1 Timothy 4. As we think about leading ourselves, it says, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And I wonder for you, you guys might be those guys that like to go work out and you take care of physical training, but when it comes to your spiritual training, That's where you tend to be a little passive. And I want to challenge that this morning. If that's, maybe you go, I'm I'm neither, physical or spiritual. I'm not real good at either of them. That'd be probably me on the physical side. And so what I want to challenge you with is you can't impart what you don't possess. I want you to hear that clearly. You can't give away to your kids what you don't possess. You can't pour out what isn't being filled up in you. If, if, If the picture of Scripture is we're like a cup that overflows, Wouldn't you love it if that's the the picture and that when you're with your kids, you're just spilling out on them. Your relationship with Jesus, your your walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit reigning in you, and it's spilling out on your kids and they go, man, I see the Lord in my daddy. I want that for my kids. I want to just be with them and have, I want to be talking about what God's teaching me and I want to be telling them where I'm convicted and I want to tell them where God's working on me, but if I'm not training myself, if I'm not leading myself first, then I'm kidding myself that they're going to catch anything. One thing I've realized about students working with junior high and high school kids is they see through our facade, and I think it's really true for your kids. If you're going to tell them to do something, but you're not willing to do something, you got to be in the Word, but they never see you in the Word, okay? You tell them to, hey, man, you got to quit yelling. you got to stop yelling. Calm down. You ever been there? And you're yelling at them. I've I've been there many times. And so we can't give away 
what we don't possess. Let's look at on the scripture here with Timothy. He says, let no one despise you for your youth. And Paul's talking about Timothy as a younger man here. But set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council builders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. I love this word. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your perfection. Is that what it says? All may see your progress. Your kids, let me just relieve you of something. Your kids don't need to see perfection in you. In fact, if they think that my dad has to be perfect, guess what they're going to think? Well, then i got to be perfect. And that can be a really misguided thing for them. And then it says, keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I want you to think about this passage as you, as your family's shepherd. They are watching. You get to set the example in your faith, in your purity, in your conduct, in your love. And, and you get to immerse yourself in, in God's word and knowing it. And I'm going to tell you, if we don't start here, if we don't start here, then we're, we're kind of blowing up the whole thing. We've got to start right here. I'm going to use this power strip as an example. I think many of us, if, if we think about uh, what we're plugging in, what we want to do good at, where we're going, man, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good friend. And we're plugging all these things in. And I want to be a good boss. And the problem is, is we're not plugged into the wall. We have no juice. And so if you are the tired overwhelmed daddy like I am, most of the time when I get in that place, I have to go, wait a minute, am I plugged into the wall right now? Am I plugged into where there's power, where the spirit will reign in me, where I'm walking with Jesus, or am I trying to do this on my own? And it's exhausting. And so if you're not starting with leading yourself, don't be surprised that you come out of this going, man, I just feel tired all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. And I need to be plugged back in to the wall, to the power source where the juice is. So leading yourself is the first thing that I want to challenge you with. Second thing is leading your wife. And I love how uh, on the slide here I put lead wife. That's like caveman term, lead wife. Okay, So uh, you could put your in there. That would be a good idea. As, as you read this scripture, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I mean, I know there's some single dads probably in the room, and so I'm going to talk to the dads right now that, uh, with their wives, but, and I know the Lord can, can meet in the middle of some of these places, but I do believe that as you lead your wife, this is so crucial to you being a dad. I think there's some discipleship happening in the way that you love your bride that is incredibly powerful. If your sons or daughters see the way that you honor your wife and you servant lead and sacrificially lead lead her, that is an incredible opportunity for you. In fact, I think it's foundational. If you and your wife are not doing well, I don't think you're going to be a very good dad because many times you're going to be running on different tracks and she's kind of running her offense and, and you're running yours and you're not, there's no oneness there. And, and then you're getting frustrated with each other because, man, you're disciplining this way and I'm disciplining this way or whatever it is. And if you're not one with your wife and leading and showing that example, you're missing a great opportunity 
to lead your kids, to be a good dad. At my house, uh, my boys know that my wife, we treat her with honor. And when they don't, it does not go well for them. And I've been around families in my own family that I've watched boys, especially with dads, kind of poke fun at mom, make fun of her a little bit. She's the butt of the jokes, you know, getting in with your boys, going, oh, mom, you know, she's just, you know, girls are. Bad idea. Because I want my sons to see uh, me honoring their mom. I want them to see the way that I want to serve and love her. And you guys don't know this. I think many of you do, of course, that... We have an incredible opportunity here at Watermark with my buddy John who's, and Brian and others that are leading Reengage. And if your marriage right now is at a place you go, man, we're, we're, we could use some help, there's an incredible resource for you to go and, and to be invested in and talk to people. And what happens in most marriages, guys, is people don't raise their hand and say, hey, we're struggling. And so you have an opportunity to go and talk to others about that. In fact, in these groups now, you could say, hey, I'm not leading my wife like I should. That was where I'm the most convicted. And so are you leading your wife? Are you setting that example? I love that my boys are hopefully are going to see that in my wife and I's marriage. They'll see the way that um, when I mess up, and by the way, there's lots of times when I dishonor their mom, when I treat her in a way that the scripture tells me not to, what I do is I'll rally my guys with her and I'll say, hey, guys, What I just did with your mom was less than God's best. I've asked her forgiveness. I want to ask your forgiveness for not leading as a good example of what a husband, how he should treat his wife. That's discipleship. Not perfection, not progress is what they need to see. They need to see you going, man, I'm not doing as well as I should there. So I want to ask you that question. How are you doing with leading yourself? Okay. And how are you doing with leading your wife? And remember when I say leading, I'm talking about serving her and loving her like Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself that question a lot. And I have to keep asking, man, am I loving my wife? Next thing, of course, is loving your kids. And I want to talk to you guys about the last 24 years I've gotten to be in student ministry, one other place besides Watermark. And uh, I want to tell you about some common misses, but let's first go to this verse. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up, train them up in the instruction of the Lord. I want to talk to you about some common misses that I see. One of them is that people want to be a friend and not a parent. And you guys have heard this before. I'm not probably hitting you with new information, but I want you to think about, is that true for you? Are you someone that, when it comes to the discipline of your kids, man, you're worried so much about the relationship that you don't want to be their parent and you don't want to discipline them and you don't want to call them to, uh, to righteousness. When I think about that with you guys, um, there are times, uh, there was one time with one of my sons that he had been basically being dishonest with us for about three weeks, and we found out about it, and he was, he was doing something behind our back that we didn't know about, and he was kind of putting a front on for us, and, and uh, so we find out about it, and I go and I check this brother out of school, and, and he comes home, and my wife and I are sitting across from him, and he said, his eyes were as big as saucers, he's like, What's going on? 
And one of the things about my sons, one of my sons is he's a really bad liar. And I love that. Because he has his face when he lies. He's like, what? What? You know, it's kind of like, go, you're lying. You know, he's like, all right, you know. So we're, we're talking with him. And I just said, son, I, I said, I, he sat down. I said, hey, I, I know that you've been doing some things you haven't been honest with us about. I'd love for you to just confess that. And all of a sudden, man, he began to confess and he was repentant and all these things. And, but I want to tell you, in that, there, it wasn't just, oh, man, we're all going to lie sometimes. Trust is a huge deal in our home. And so if I'd have tried to be his friend, I'd have said, oh, look, you know, I don't want to make you mad or take anything away from you. I'd have said, hey, buddy, there's going to be some consequences for this. And we began, began to talk about that. You're going to have to go with what you've been lying about. You're going to have to go and talk with people that you've been dishonest with, that you've been deceiving. You're going to ask, ask for forgiveness. And by the way, your phone is now mine for I don't know how long. But, but I want to tell you, I love you. And I swear I told him, I said, I can't wait to trust you again. I can't wait. But right now, you've broken my trust. And so obviously, when you tell me something, I don't know if you're telling me the truth. And I don't want to stay there very long. But I can't wait to trust you again. But I had to be his parent and not his buddy. And we are missing it when we do that, guys. Um, When we try to be so much their friend. And I'm not talking about, we need to build relationships with our kids. Hear me say, I love hanging with my boys. Right now, my boys, our room uh, is a place where my boys, Angie and I will be in there, and we're hanging out, and th- my boys love to come in and sit down and hang with us. And I remember one day at night, I was going, can we not even get away to our room without our boys coming in? And I went, wait, 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 wait. This is great. I love that my 16-year-old son and my 14-year-old son and my 11-year-old son want to come hang with us. It may not always be like that. So I changed my mind quickly. I was like, come on in. Let's hang out. And so there are times when people, when we're not going to be their parent and we need to be. Another miss is we don't encourage our kids. Man, if your only time that you're spending with your kids is when you're getting on them, I think we're missing it. Because rules without relationship breed rebellion. And so I just would tell you that if you're not encouraging your kids. You know what? I, some of you guys, how many like cell phones? Is that a popular thing? I, I think many of us would go, man, these are a problem, right? But one great thing about them is this idea of texting. That can be a problem with my boys with girls and they're like, you know, all the time on it. But I also would tell you that I love it because you know what? I can, I can encourage my kid a lot. I am texting them a lot. And here's what I'm doing. I'm telling them what I'm praying for them. I'm reminding them of who they are in Christ. And I'm just encouraging them all the time on that text. And then the other thing I do, and I'm sure many of you all do this better than I do, but I'm writing them notes. And I leave notes on their beds a lot. You know what happens with these notes? They don't throw them away. My son Cooper has, in his corner deal, there are notes all over his board. He didn't throw one of them away. And let me just tell you, they're not novels. They're not incredible reads. They're, they're a five-minute effort on my part to say, hey, Coop, man, I, I, I've been thinking about you today, man. Here's what I'm praying for you, and I'll put a verse on there, and I just want to tell you, this is what I see, and I try to be real specific with them and what I see in them. You know what? If you have a junior high or elementary or high school kid, you know what the language of those kids are? They dog each other all the time. That's what they do. You remember 
And so you get an opportunity to be someone who gets to encourage your son and tell him he's good. I think about even in the scripture where Jesus comes up out of the water when he's been baptized and the spirit says, this is my son. The father says, this is my, spirit, uh, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He's good. You almost see it modeled there in the father and the son relationship. And so I, I want to encourage you This takes time, and I even try to schedule it on my calendar, write a note. I text a lot with my guys. You know, I'll be thinking about, so this year, I knew this was going to be a challenging year for my boys, just had that sense. And so we had a theme for the year called Remember the Secret. And it just came from Philippians 4, 12, and 13. You know, 13 is the one we always talk about. I can do all things through Christ. strengthens me. I can make baskets, score touchdowns. But there's this verse 12 in there. It says, in any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content in all those things. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so there was a lot of that this year with my guys. Hey, remember the secret today. When they're heading out to school, remember the secret. You know, that, that chart that Kyle referred to last week, I think that's gold. Okay, the, the counselor at night, uh, the coach in the morning, when you're you're in the car, you're talking to them, you're figuring out how they're doing. Funny story with my son, Braden. We were on our way to a game. I'd take him on this trip. We were going to Oklahoma City to see the, the Thunder play. And we're on our way, and I just said, I'm going to be real intentional. I'm going to do these questions, and we're going to talk about them. Well, Braden is my son that would go, oh, man, the question thing. Here comes Dad with the questions. And, and one of the questions was, I said, hey, what's, what's really stressing you out right now? That was one of my questions. And it was, he looked at me, and I said, what, how'd you answer? And he goes, Answer, he said, I, I said, answering these questions. That was his answer to what stressed me out, cracked me up. So, so I want to encourage you. This, this has to be intentional, and this has to be something you think about. It needs to become part of the rhythm of your life. How am I encouraging them? How am I spurring them? What am I doing to let them know that I love them and remind them of who they are in Christ? Second, or the third thing I would tell you, another miss, is that we don't recognize our idols. And, and one of my idols that I'm just recognizing more and more in my life is I am addicted to comfort. I get home from a long day sometimes, and I don't want to go be intentional with my boys. I want to sports center this thing the rest of the night. And I'm missing out on an opportunity, and so I pray a lot as I'm heading home, Lord, would you help me? to engage. I want to veg. Don't men are great at vegging, aren't we? We're great at getting in front of that TV and we can watch that all night. And so I want you to recognize if that's an idol for you, sometimes just comfort. I don't want to engage with my kids because I'll, I'll have all kinds of reasons why I can't. But a big one for us as guys I think is an idol, and this is one for me, is this, this sports idol. And Man, I, I know for me that there's a lot of me that wants my kids to be great at sports. And it's been a, a constant prayer of mine. The Lord, I, I put the sports deal on the altar. And I just said, man, Lord, if, if, if my desire for my kids to be good at sports, if, that, if they're going to get so involved in sports that they worship sports in a way that they're going to forget about you, I pray they stink at sports. Because that would not be worth it. And I'm amazed at, at how I can get caught up. You guys don't have to go. You, maybe you're that dad that you're at that Little League game and you are fired up at that 15-year-old ref that he can't, or that ump 
and you can't believe that he missed that call with all of his training, okay? You can't believe he, he missed that man. How could you miss that? You're all over him. And you go, wait, why am I getting fired up? My kid's six, and he gets one base at a time. And so I'm going to tell you what I have to do right now. I, I love watching my kids play. And you guys have heard that story. You know, there's an article that came out, just one of the things you should say to your kids, I love watching you play. I love that idea. So funny that day on Facebook, I had one of my friends, he said, I guess, love watching you play. And I thought, oh, he's read the article. And he said, 27 points. Okay, so you have to put the, you have to put the tagline on there, right? That it's, I love watching you play, especially when you score 27. It's a lot of fun. When you scored two, it wasn't that fun. And so I'm convicted by that. When I'm, when I'm watching that, and so what I'm trying to do, even this last year as I went to games, my guys, the guys in my community group know that I, I was just saying, hey, you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to try to start recognizing, guess what? There's people sitting around me at games, and I could actually be ministering to them or thinking about them instead of, did my boy just get a rebound? How many stars do you have? You know, and, and I'm so caught up in the game. That, and so it's been good, a good discipline for me. Say, Lord, would you help me just to recognize and look for opportunities to minister to people that I'm sitting around rather than being so consumed in what's happening on that court? Here's what I'd tell you. We're living for windows of time, and they are short. I watched a daddy this year that his son plays basketball, and I watched him, and it was like it was a, a death when, it, when his son was through with high school basketball, and you saw him kind of go, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And man, I don't want to live for windows of time. I don't want to live for watching my, my son put a ball through the hoop. Okay, there's more going on. You guys know what your, where your trophies are, right? The things that you were so caught up in, and I'm not talking about participation trophies, although you may have some of those. Uh, I, I'm talking about the ones, I remember I had all these trophies in my room, and they ended up in a, in a trash sack in the attic and eventually got thrown out, and I was real caught up in it. And no one cares about your 10 points in your high school game. And you know, and, and, but we get caught up in it, don't we, with our kids? We want to relive the dream with them. And so if that's one of yours, I'd just, I'd encourage you to be real with some guys and say, man, I'm caught up in it now. My kid's three playing soccer, and I want him to have 10 goals. And uh, that can be out of balance. And so um, that's another we got to recognize our idols. We talk about it with sports, and just one thing we say around our house, man, it's just basketball. It's just football. doesn't really matter. But here's the problem. If I say that and then I go into my room and I'm frustrated for the game, about the game the next two hours, that's a little bit of a mixed message. And so I'm asking the Lord to, man, Lord, I don't want to worship my kids' sports any more than I want them to. So don't live for windows of time. And here's the last one I think is a really common miss. We as dads have a tendency not to want to own, we don't want to own our stuff with our kids. And there's something in us that thinks we're going to give up our authority. If we start to own our stuff, that, that our kids would go, man, all of a sudden, dad's, there's a chink in his armor. He, he, all of a sudden, he's not who I should listen to. And I'm going to tell you, just the opposite will happen. I can remember sitting with a, a junior in high school, and I was sitting with him at Starbucks, and he's telling me, he said, my dad, he's frustrated. My dad never admits he's wrong. He'll never say that. 
He's never once told me he's messed up. He's never asked for my forgiveness. And I watched this bitterness welling up at him. And so what I did was I certainly said, well, let's talk about you. Okay? And you ought to go to your dad and say, hey, dad, here's where I struggle. But, let me, but first you need to talk about yourself. You guys know what we say around here a lot. Draw the circle around yourself first. And so I challenged that young man. But you know what? He wasn't, he, what wasn't being modeled for him was to say, hey, I blow it sometimes. And if we don't ever model that for our kids, they're going to think, well, that's what life looks like. You just be perfect. You don't ever admit you're, you make mistakes. And it's a real missed opportunity. And so some of you guys right now, you may be thinking of something you did this week to, your, to one of your kids, and you need to go ask their forgiveness. And it'll be one of the best moves you've made as a dad. Just say, hey, when I, when I just yelled at you and told you all this stuff, and, and I didn't come back and own that, and, and I'm not talking, I, hey, I've had plenty of times I've had to go back and just say, hey, will you forgive me for that? And you know what else I try not to do? Will you forgive me? But it was because you did this, this, and this, and that's why it happened. When I do that, it takes away some of the, the opportunity for me to ask their forgiveness and own up to it. So these are common misses. There's many more. I have many more that we could list. But these are the ones that I've seen in my own life and through the years of being working with students for a long time. The last thing I'd tell you is this, that we need to lead with others. I was talking about baseball earlier. My son Easton used to play t-ball, and you know those exciting games. You're in there, and you're watching him hit that ball, and everybody's getting all excited. And I, my son Easton was in the dugout, and I was watching him, and he was messing around. You know, they were saying, hey, guys, stay seated, and we want to cheer on your team, be part of the game. And Easton's in there, you know, <laughs> messing around, and... And I, so I go over, and I could tell the coaches were getting frustrated with Easton. So I went over to Easton, and I said, hey, buddy, come here. You know, you threw that fence. You guys ever done this? In that dugout, hey, hey, buddy, I'm telling you, you need to do what the coach says, okay? All right, I want you to sit still. I want you to do what he says, okay, okay. So I go back over, and a couple minutes later, I look back over. Yeah, he's still mad. I go, okay, Easton, listen, if, if I have to come over here again, I'm going I'm to take you out of the dugout. I'm going to walk you to the car, and I'm going to take you home because you can't honor your coach, Okay. Okay. Five minutes later, I look over. Easton has a young man in a headlock, okay? And he is coming off the bench like this, and they're going to the ground. And so I think what I just said to him was, if you do that again, I'm going to have to take you to the car. So I went, I said, Easton, get your stuff. And we walked all the way to the car. And we went home right in the middle of the game. He had plenty of players, you know, t-ball, exciting stuff, plenty of players. So I took him, and I walked him all the way to the car, and I took him home. And I disciplined him, and we talked about it, and we had a good talk, and I reminded him of why I disciplined him, why his dad disciplined him, because you love me. And we're, we're talking, and my mom calls me the next day, and she goes, hey, I, I had an interesting phone call yesterday. I said, you did? And she said, yeah, you pocket dialed me right in the middle of your discipline with Easton. <laughs> and, and, and thankfully, this was one of those times that I, I might have done it okay, because she goes, it was great. I love the way you did it. I think you told him exactly the right thing. I was so encouraged by that. And I use that illustration with you guys. There would be sometimes I go, oh, I hope I don't dial on this one because I'm getting ready to come off the top rope. With a, um, but I remember thinking about this for you guys. I think what I want you to, what you're doing in community is you are inviting people. You are inviting them. You're calling them in essence and saying, listen in. And you know what the problem is with us as dads is we're so insecure. 
We're so afraid that people are gonna, the other dads are going to know, I don't know what I'm doing. And the reality is, what we just said at the front, that's all of us. We're all trying to figure out. We're all trying to walk in the Spirit. We're all trying to, to walk with Jesus in a way, and we're asking the Lord. And here's the problem. All of our kids are different, and there's no A plus B equals C, and it's really hard. But you're, in essence, saying, you know what? I'm, I'm asking you. I'm calling you and letting you listen in. And here's what I'd tell you. Be specific. Just like when we talk about sin, you know, and guys love to say, I'm struggling with uh, lust. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. Well, I'm struggling with anger with my kids. Hey, the other night, man, I wanted, I punched the wall. I was so mad. Okay. Whatever it is, let people in. You know what will happen is this, this great thing that will happen. Men will start to pray for you. Wouldn't that be great? If other men in your community group knew you're struggling with parenting, because we all are, and they'd say, well, where are you struggling? Man, I'm struggling with anger. Would you pray for my guys in my community group? No, that can be one of my ditches. And I'll say, will you pray for me? Because I want to be consistent, and I want to be calm, and I want to have real clear consequences, and I don't want to be Mr. Reactionary, get mad, fly off the handle guy. And so what you're saying is, you're not accidentally calling him. You're saying, listen in. And I'm going to tell you, there's something great about that. And so I want to encourage you to lead with others. We all need help. Here's a couple of verses here. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Man, if you're, if you're with other dads and you're sharing about the challenges and even the joys, you know, here's what's been great. Uh, you have an opportunity to encourage other dads and pray for them. And then that bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you feel alone as a dad, I want to really encourage you. At this table, there's some guys here that are going to hopefully encourage you. They go, hey, man, I'll pray for you. Hey, guys, here's what I'd ask you to pray for me. I'm not leading myself well. I'm not leading my wife well. I'm not leading my kids. Those, those misses, I'm in all of those. And I need help. And will you pray for me? Man, this is, this is, I love this parenting deal. It can be a team sport, certainly first with our wives, but also with other men. We, this week, I sat with my community group guys yesterday, and we talked about a lot of hard stuff with our kids. And we tried to give each other counsel, and we tried to, and we were praying for each other. We are texting all the time, man, praying for you. Hey, pray for me about this today. Because here's what's going on. There's always a challenge. Last thing I want to close with this, my, it, was my, uh, it was my birthday not too long ago, and my son uh, wrote me a little note. And this isn't about me, but, but it, what it reminded me was of how much I want to continue to pursue the Lord, that that's the only thing good I have to give him, really, is my walk with him. And he said, um, he said Dad, I'm not only blessed to have you as a dad who is not only present, and loving, but who is an amazing example of, of a man running hard after the Lord. My goal in life is to always uh, my goal in life has always been to be more and more like you, as you are more and more like Christ. That'll hit your heart. Uh, I, I don't want my boy to be more and more like me if I'm not being more and more like Christ. But when he said that, when I read that, I said, Okay, I get it. Lord, I need more of you. I want to spill out. I, want to, I don't want to keep missing. I don't want to shoot at the wrong goals. And I don't want to be powerless 
I want to be plugged into you, and I want to do it every day because there's a new challenge coming today. And so let me pray for you guys, and then I want to encourage you to talk about where your challenge with leading. We all are. And then what are you going to do about it? Here's here's what I don't want you to come away with today. I just gave you a few things that that we're doing. We could talk about a lot of things. But if you heard some things, and I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I don't want you to do everything. I want you to do something. Don't do everything. Do something. And maybe your goal this this month is I'm going to write a note to each of my kids this month. And I'm just going to write them and I'm going to leave it on their pillow. And I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to schedule that. I'm going to do something. I'm going to start texting them more. I'm going to, I'm going to get a, a theme verse for our summer that I'm going to begin to pray about. What does God want us to kind of concentrate on this summer? I'm going to do that. I'm going to take our last name and I'm going to, to do some things with that. You know, we did some things with our last name when they were young and we still talk about it today. You know, that we're going to take, be about others and remain soft and offer forgiveness and work hard and never miss the opportunity to tell the truth. All this, that's kind of our last name. So we use those kind of things. You could do one of those things, but I want to encourage you to do something, especially if you, if kind of your MO is to be passive and to go, I hope it works out. I know I'm working hard and I see them every night when I tuck them in. So I think that's where I want to encourage you today. Maybe talk in your groups about, hey, what's one thing that the Lord's convicted you about and that, that you're going to ask them? Maybe, hey, ask me next week if I did this or if I even set up a plan. So let me pray for your time with you guys. Father, thank you uh, for these men. Man, I'm humbled to be even up here sharing because I'm a daddy who's a Philippians 1-6 guy, a work in progress. I'm so thankful that you're still teaching me and correcting me. And, and um, I pray that we, most of all, here's what I pray, that we'd be so filled up with you that we would spill out on our kids. It would just be a natural overflow of our walk with you. Would you bless now the discussion? Would you help guys to be real and vulnerable and begin to encourage each other and spur each other and that men together like this could, could build up the body of Christ in a way where we would be dads who would pass on not an empty way of life to our kids, but a full life, one that is full and abundant and purposeful. So we thank you for this time now, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you go to your groups, I want to remind you that your homework is an incredible opportunity for you to lead. Okay, there's some surveys this week that you can take with your wife and your kids that will be really helpful as you lead your families. Enjoy your discussion. All right, guys. Hey, uh, let me have your attention for just a second. And uh, I always hate breaking up great uh, conversations at tables and all that, but I uh, do want to make sure that we uh, get those of you who need to get out of here, uh, out of here on time. And so let me just say a couple of things real quick as we wrap up today. First of all, thank you, Braun. And I was, I was back there taking notes and just being reminded of things and uh, learning new things. And so I hope that you were encouraged uh, like I was this morning. You know, I think one of the temptations with a, um, a lesson on uh, leading out and on leadership is that we start to go, oh man, yeah, th- those are some things I'm not doing great at. So now I'm going to charge out of here and I'm going to go lead. And I just want to uh, kind of go back to one of the things that Braun said this morning and just encourage you that if there was one thing that you were going to do and lead, it's not that you would go home and say, sweetie, I'm going to lead us now. And so come on, follow me. And this is where we're going. Or, Hey kids, I'm going to lead us now. And so, Hey, come on and follow me. Leadership starts with humility. 
And a humble servant leader is always going to lead best out of that humility. And so for a lot of you guys, maybe today, the, the best thing you could do, if you could just do one thing, would just be that you would, maybe as you're leaving today, as you're driving to work, that you'd pick up the phone, you'd call your wife and just say, hey, sweetie, can I, I just need to ask for your forgiveness because I haven't led well in. And then just as Bron said, hey, be specific. If there's something just recently that you can call to mind, just go, man, I know I wasn't at my best, as Braun said. Have that conversation. Same thing with your kids. You know, maybe tonight it's just, hey, I just want to, I want to ask for your forgiveness. This is, you know, something that um, where daddy just hadn't, hadn't led you as well as I should have just recently. And so will you please forgive me? And so rather than kind of charging out into, hey, I'm going to go and, and take this hill, let, let's just be the ones that raise our hand and say, hey, I, I want to be a humble leader. And those are, those are good conversations. I would encourage you, some of us need to go to our community groups and just say, hey, I need to ask your forgiveness. I haven't been as honest with you about some of the ways I've been struggling as a dad or as a husband. And will you please forgive me and will you help me? Because I, I do want to, uh, as Braun said, I want to lead together. I need others to help me. And so I'm thankful for my community that looks in and says, hey, Wes, I think you could have done better here uh, with your kids in that moment. And, uh, and so... Look, I, I'm one of those dads. Last weekend, I had a chance to, uh, my wife uh, is a, an introvert at heart, uh, and every other part of her for that matter in some respects, and, and she just needs some alone time, and so we try to kind of give each other some, um, some introvert time, and at least once a year, just kind of a time to retreat. And so that was last weekend. So I took my kids and I said, hey, kids, let's go. We're going to go down and see uh, grandma and grandpa for the weekend. And I came back and I just, I looked at, at Brandy and I just said, you know what? I think I was just, I was a a grumpy beast to the kids this weekend. And I don't think I served them well. And so I've had those conversations as, you know, as recently as this week with my kids. Hey, daddy could have done better. And will you forgive me? And will you you pray for me? And I want to pray for you. And uh, and so no no, uh, excuses, no caveats. I was a beast because you were this way, right? It's just, man, I could have been better here. And so will you please forgive me? And so... That is so crucial. And I still think even as an adult, there's some of us that I think if you thought about it, you just go, man, one of the most uh, healing things that uh, I could have in my relationship with my father would just be to have some of those conversations where he would acknowledge, hey, these are some ways. And so it's amazing to think about that as a 38-year-old guy like I am, just to go, I think there's some of those conversations that if my dad and I had those, it would be healing to me even today. And so think about that, recognize that, and lead out of that humility. So... um, and then Braun mentioned uh, the survey that we want to do. And so this is one of those, this is kind of a dangerous uh, homework assignment, if I'm being real honest with you. And so it's in your book. There's a, a survey for your wife that we just want to encourage you, just give to her and have her fill out. Uh, and then there's a survey in there for your kids uh, as well. So one of the things that we'll do, you should get an email today with a PDF of both of those surveys. So if you wanted to print that out, if you've got multiple kids and you want to give each kid, and some of you, look, I realize some of your kids are like, my kid's not even talking right now. This isn't really helpful uh, to survey them. What do you think? Nothing, you know, and they poop in their diaper again. So, uh, so be aware that some of you are not going to be able to complete that assignment, and that's okay. But you can have those conversations with your wife. And so, and if your kids are old enough, and, and look, I would just say, if they're elementary school age, give it to them. Say, hey, just do your best. I just want to hear what you think. And there's just some great questions in there. The, the danger is going to be in getting those responses back and immediately going on the defense. Well, that's not me. That's not who I am. And I just want to encourage you as you do that assignment, as you talk about it with your wife or with your kids, that you just listen. You just listen. 
okay? And pay attention to what they're saying. And next week, we'll have a chance for you to come back at your tables and, and talk about that together. So, uh, so again, that uh, survey is in your books. And then I'll send you a PDF, uh, hopefully today, so that you can, if you need extra copies of that, um, you'll have that. So, um, thank you guys. This has been awesome. I love seeing these dads and I just, I'm praying for you guys and just, man, what would God do with a generation of men who say, Hey, I'm going to, uh, follow this, uh, model that God has put in place for what it looks like for me to be a dad. What might God do with that generation that is raised up under that kind of leadership? And, and I know that he wants to use that. So bless you guys. Have a great day. If you want to hang around and talk, you're welcome to empty out the coffee uh, on your way out in your travel mug or whatever, and uh, have a great day. Thanks.